The Living Traditions Festival is back Friday, May 17th through Sunday, May 19th at Washington Square Park in downtown Salt Lake City. You will find a global food court, live music, performances, art, workshops, Bohemian Brewery, and stuff for kids. Full disclosure, this is my favorite Salt Lake Festival. For details and to see the full program, visit livingtraditionsfestival.com or find them on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. This time of year, we are on the road. And from snow to the stress of holiday travel, it can be catastrophic and anger-inducing, which is why lawmakers are looking to define road rage. Now, Utah drivers are often ranked as the worst in the nation, but how much of that is us responding to our environment? It's Monday, December 11th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Salt Lake Tribune Innovation Lab reporter Sophia Jeremias. Let's play a game called Utah Driver's Greatest Sins, because this is like, we've all done it, talking with friends after a frustrating day on the road. What are some of the worst qualities that have just become innate to Utah roads? I'd love if you went first. Okay, these are just, you know, personally what I have witnessed. The ones that have bothered me the most, first off, is running a red light. Uh, I've never seen anyone red run red lights like they do here in Utah. I saw one this morning, this morning. It's crazy. I mean, all day long, I see it pretty much every time I walk out of my apartment. Another one, and this one probably isn't as specific to Utah, but rolling through stop signs, yeah, rolling through red lights uh, are pretty scary Texting or looking at your phone while you're driving is another one. What about you, Allie? What are your biggest gripes? I think not using your blinker is a big one. I also think like we have a lot of one-way streets here. And I I think, look, it's kind of a rite of passage to just even think about turning the wrong way down a one-way street in Salt Lake City. Like we've all been there. But I have very often seen a car like starting to turn onto a one way and been like, don't do it, buddy. Don't do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> please realize like what else is bad? The rolling stop is really bad. Like some of our neighborhoods that where stop signs are prolific or four way stops are prolific or like the avenues to me is such an interesting example because it does feel like every intersection in the avenues has a different instruction. It's like, <laughs> this is a two way, this is a four way, this is no stop signs. This is, we're just free ball in here. This is the stop signs hanging in the middle of the road. But this one, it's like to the right on the stick. Like I think, People just do whatever they're in the mood for. And I have a friend who's been hit while on foot twice in the avenues. Oh my gosh. Right? That's awful. And it's, I mean, it's funny you bring up the avenues because I think of that as one of the safer neighborhoods to walk in. Mm. And even there, it's like, you got to be careful. I almost think it's misleading because people get frustrated by the number of like stops. And so they want to be quick. Like they want to just do the tap. I was always taught as a kid, I don't know if you were also taught this, but when you get to the stop sign, you should go S-T-O-P and then go. (laughs) 
I like that. <laughs> but it feels like people get to the stop sign. And they're like, S, send it. <laughs> yes, S is for send it in Utah. S is for send. Uh, <laughs> yep, 100%. And then I also just think the raginess, like the yelling, the the honking, the tailing. Like on some, of, I would say State Street and 7th are probably our mini highways in the middle of the city. Like they're where people get the most frustrated. I think you see a lot of rage there, like a lot of tailing. Definitely. And I mean, I mostly walk, but whenever I do drive on 700, I'm filled with empathy for the people driving on that road because it's so frustrating to hit stoplight after stoplight after stoplight. I totally get the impulse to tail and try to make the next one so you're not stuck sitting for a couple minutes. Right. And these behaviors are more than just quirks. They have led to pedestrian deaths. And I think a lot of us have accepted this narrative that Utah has the worst drivers. We've seen a lot of headlines recently about road rage in particular leading to crashes. And you recently wrote a piece about how state lawmakers are attempting to define road rage. Why is it so hard to define in the first place? I think it's tough because we have a lot of different laws in place already. And my understanding from watching lawmakers kind of go back and forth on this is it's not legal already to harass or kill someone with your vehicle. But what Utah lawmakers want to do is kind of better define it so that they can better track it and kind of get their arms around the problem. There's a couple different approaches that they've been considering taking. Like one is creating a special penalty for road rage. Another Mm. is to just uh, make it an enhanced penalty on existing laws. Um, I think the enhanced penalty is the way that they're going, you know, as of the last meeting, but that might make it still more difficult to track these things. What the, you know, Utah Highway Patrol is doing right now is tracking numbers of aggressive drivers. So in 2017, there were 10 fatal crashes due to aggressive driving in Utah. In 2022, the number more than doubled to 24. Hmm. So this is a growing issue. Another number from the Utah Highway Patrol that really freaked me out was that last year there were 33 drivers that brandished a weapon on Utah roads. Whoa. Which is pretty terrifying. You know, you mentioned that, you know, we joke that Utah drivers are the worst drivers. I don't think that's true. Hmm. I kind of started looking around and it looks like this is a national issue. You know, the Washington Post reported that road rage is up all over the country. This one research center found that in the last year, in 2022, there were 141 road rage shooting deaths in the U.S. So it's a national issue. And I think, you know, in Utah, we're growing. There's more people, there's more drivers, there's more traffic. And so Mm -hmm. I think we're starting to see some of these problems that they've already been sort of grappling with in states like California and New York. Yeah. I mean, when I like joke about my personal road rage, it's that I'm just sort of weaving a tapestry of obscenities in the car, (laughs) right? It's like the, it's the, but how do we currently, like, what is the difference? Like in order to be true road rage, does it have to be something you could spot from outside of someone's vehicle? Like that they're swerving a lot or tailing or yelling out the window? Like, what does it look like? 
So it's definitely not just cursing. And Utah lawmakers were really clear that they're like, you know, as unpleasant it is as it is to have someone scream F you at you. Um, yeah. That's not what they're worried about. It is someone aggressively tailing you, I think, or trying to run you off the road, or in some cases, pulling a gun, which is like beyond the pale, really. Yeah. So I think it's really those more extreme cases. It's usually something that is going to be illegal already. Right. You know, it's not legal to threaten someone with your vehicle. And I think part of this legislation would make clear, like, in these instances, you are using your vehicle as a weapon. And, you know, under the law, it, it could be treated as such if these amendments go forward. So it's looking like the approach they want to take is increasing penalties. What are the current penalties? You know, I actually am not sure. I think it would depend on the incident. So, I mean, hit someone with your car um, through a road rage incident, you know, there could be a specific set of penalties under that. Or if you were speeding, it might just be under speeding. And I think those are the situations that Utah Highway Patrol would like more discretion with. Um, you know, if someone is speeding, but it's part of a road rage incident, I think the way the law is currently, they would only really be able to ticket you for speeding. Whenever posture comes up in conversation, we all do that thing where we immediately sit upright and pull our shoulders back. Did you do it just now? I did a movement session with Chandler at Embodied Patients, and after a few gentle corrections, I was surprised to find sitting up straight is incredibly easy. Chandler's practice combines over a decade of study in yoga, Pilates, and the Alexander Technique. So why should you invest in your posture? Let's start with the link between better posture and better breathing. Whether you're returning to activity from an injury, looking to manage pain, or just have the sense things could be a little easier, Chandler will teach you to create sustainable movement habits so that you can enjoy the things you love for longer. Maybe that's running marathons. Maybe it's walking the dog. Visit embodiedpatients.com to book a session with Chandler and give yourself the gift of your own attention. Spring is when leases expire, and if you're looking for a new or better apartment situation, here's the scoop at Ico Fort Union. Fort Union is Ico's newest build in Cottonwood Heights off 1300 East and 6720 South. And as they say in real estate, location, location, location. Ico Fort Union puts you 10 minutes from the mouth of Big Cottonwood Canyon and central to all the Fort Union shops and restaurants. But the complex is located on a dead-end street, so you get peace. Ico Fort Union offers studio, one, two, and three-bedroom apartment homes, plus these very cool three-bedroom work-live apartments. So if you're starting something new, you can live above your business space. Amenities include a pet spa, a spin loft, a bike hub, and EV charging stations. And they are signing leases right now. So visit liveatfortunion.com for a tour. I mean, what are they hoping to accomplish by defining road rage then? Because is this mostly a messaging kind of campaign? Yeah, I think there's some debate about that. Senator Anderig was in one of these early meetings, but he's now left his seat. But he kind of brought up, you know, 
is someone who is in the midst of a road rage incident going to stop and think, oh, you know, Utah lawmakers last year Hmm. passed these amendments. Maybe I should stop because I could be facing greater time in prison. But, you know, the hope is if these amendments pass, then there would be greater awareness about this as an issue. People might think twice about it. I think it's still up in the air about how effective that might be. I know at one of the meetings, the Department of Public Safety came and said that they already had a sort of road rage can wreck you campaign underway and kind of encouraging people to stop and think and take a deep breath, those kinds of things. It's the stop, drop and roll of being on the streets in a bad mood. Yeah. Well, I mean, even off our highways on Salt Lake City streets, we've seen many instances of unsafe driving. You are a pedestrian who's always, I feel like, either on a bike or walking. Did you get rid of your car? Is that right? I did. Yeah. My partner has a car. And so if I'm in a pinch, I can borrow his. But I'm mostly biking, walking or, uh, you know, as I have been saying this winter, I'm a I'm a bus girl. <laughs> so, Yeah. I mean, when we think about our our built environment as being habit forming, like what kinds of factors make Utahns more prone to engage in unsafe driving? Yeah, I actually, so I went and looked at the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration's website to see if they had any thoughts on road rage and why people might be aggressive. And there was kind of some old data, but they were saying waiting at stoplights make people impatient, parking spaces, like fights over parking spaces can turn pretty aggressive. They also mentioned like waiting for passengers to enter their vehicles or instances where like a multi-lane highway narrows. There was a great piece, I think a few weeks ago about the zipper merge, how it's like this thing that traffic engineers love, but people always feel slighted by the zipper merge. Wait, what's the zipper? Is that the one with the lights? It's when uh, a lane usually disappears. And so it's like, yeah, two car, like it's when one car needs to go in front, the other car goes behind and Mm -hmm. inevitably someone gets upset because someone cuts in front of them or those kinds of situations. Or like it can become a race, like people will be competing to be the car in front and it can get scary. Okay, so merging, what else? I think another thing that a lot of street advocates would point to is that you know, a lot of the problems with street safety are design related. I don't think that in Utah we have more people that are prone to being angry or violent, but we do have really wide streets. And I think there's been a lot of people advocating for narrowing streets, for putting things like speed bumps or roundabouts, all of these kind of traffic calming measures that do just naturally bring people's speeds down. Um, I think those are all good potential solutions because I don't think a lot of people get into their car and think, I'm going to speed and, you know, recklessly drive today. But they tend to just drive in whatever way feels like most natural, the, the way they drive without thinking, I guess. I mean, in spring of last year, the Salt Lake City Council approved the lowering of speed limits on most Salt Lake City streets to 20 miles per hour. I honestly feel like as a driver, I haven't even noticed it. Like, I haven't thought about it. And perhaps that's a good thing. Like, it just feels like maybe we've all just kind of collectively slowed down. Or maybe we haven't. 
Yeah, I mean, my guess would be that we haven't. Right. <laughs> I think people get really used to driving at high speeds. And I think dealing with traffic in addition to that, that's like preventing people from driving as quickly as they want to. You know, we talked about 700 East, which is a road that I walk on a lot, but then I notice as soon as I get in a car, I'm like, ah, this is so frustrating. Like, I want to go faster. So I think these situations where people really have to navigate and there does need to be some, I guess, letting in or, um, you know, being more aware of the people around you, those situations can be really frustrating and I think make people feel upset. I mean, something I notice a lot and I I have done this in the past and I try and catch myself is when a pedestrian is walking at like a crosswalk and someone is in the left turn lane and there there's this like it almost feels like a cat and mouse <laughs> where the pedestrian is trying to get across the street and the car is inching closer and closer to the individual so as to be prepared to complete the turn as soon as they're out of their line of sight, you know what I mean? Yes, yeah. Like it's like, it's like this, and and like if you compare a car to an individual, like it's just this huge machine, and it's like the impatience to just stay in your lane and wait for someone to get across the street before completing your turn, the need to like inch through it, it just has to say something about us as a culture. <laughs> like, why do we resort to violence? Yeah, that is definitely one of my biggest pet peeves. And I've noticed too, people won't even wait until you're out of the crosswalk to make their turn. And I always think I'm like, what if I slipped? What if I fell yeah. down? Like you're not giving me uh -huh. any room for error. And yeah, the cat and mouse is a perfect way to describe it. And I've kind of stopped sometimes in the crosswalk and like looked at people and been like, are you going to go or what? Because I don't know what your deal is today. And, you know, I don't want to just trust that you're going to fully stop in time for me to cross in front of your huge vehicle. Yeah, you have a weapon in this situation and I don't. So I'm not getting in the mix with you. Just go. Yeah. <laughs> And I think when all of your transportation is done by car, maybe you start to feel like it's an extension of you. And I've definitely lived in other cities and other places where, you know, I did have to drive everywhere. And I feel like you're just frustrated. You're in a rush. Whereas like having other options, it kind of makes driving a little more relaxing for me. It's more of like, oh, you know, I'm driving because I'm going to go do something fun or, you know, I'm not, you know, trying to beat traffic to make it to work on time. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Like the idea that drivers see pedestrians as a nuisance and that that is dangerous ultimately. Yeah, definitely. And I think too, I also like to ride my bike a lot and I have experienced that a lot, just like people cussing you out or, you know, screaming mm. at you because you're taking up a lane. You know, people definitely get upset sometimes if you are impeding their ability to drive as quickly as possible. Well, the reality is we're looking down the barrel of three highway expansions, I-15, Bangor, and now what they're calling the West Davis Corridor. Do you have any tips for people who, I know this is like not necessarily in your JD, but who need to calm themselves in the car because it is an incredibly frustrating place to be, a highway in a vehicle. 
Yes, I agree. I mean, I think taking a deep breath is always helpful. I find that helpful in all sorts of situations in life. I am not sure what leads people to go from being really angry to, you know, using their vehicle as a weapon. But um, I think if you are in a situation where you're interacting with a driver like that, the best thing to do is to try and disengage. You know, NHTSA recommended that, you know, if you're in the left lane and someone wants to pass, you know, even if you're going the speed limit, just move Mm. over, let them go by. Don't try to yell at them or engage in any way. And if they are continuing to follow you or harass you, you should probably call the police. Salt Lake Tribune Innovation Lab reporter Sophia Jeremias, thank you so much for your time and your reporting. Thank you, Allie. After we stopped recording, Sophia mentioned to me that pedestrian deaths in Utah and Salt Lake City are much higher than the road rage numbers she shared. And that leads me to a resource. Sweet Streets is a local organization whose mission is to calm Salt Lake roads, and they have a regularly updated traffic violence map. It's horrific, but you should give it a look. I linked it in the show notes. Now, one of the reasons I think this map is so important is because the incident pins are all over this city, indicating that, yeah, there are hotspots and you can see those. But also, no neighborhood is immune to this. I'm also told, should your ears perk up, that Sweet Streets is taking applications for new board members. Could that be you? They are at sweetstreetsslc.org. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye. Bye.